Hello and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm K.W. Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And today we're talking about the fourth season of The Circle and the HBO Max series Our Flag Means Death. I know that we had promised to talk about Florence and the Machine's new album, Dance Fever. Unfortunately, we recorded a whole segment and I was having mic issues. So (laughs) that is not in this episode. Sorry if you were looking forward to that. We might try to re-record it in the future, but for now, we will get into season four of Netflix's The Circle. Yes, I did not know it was coming out. (gasps) I was like flipping around Netflix and was like, wait, what? That's great, though, isn't it? Yeah, it was a nice little surprise. So yeah, the the Circle Season 4 dropped on May 4th on Star Wars Day. So, And 12 of the 13 episodes have dropped already. The The finale will be dropping on the day that this episode comes out. So if this sounds cool to you, you can binge the whole 13 episode season on May 25th. So for anybody who doesn't remember our previous segment or hasn't watched this show. Basically, the premise is very similar to Big Brother or Survivor, except that they're not, they're not doing anything physical at all. (laughs) This is a very relatable show for the non-athlete, because they're literally just sitting in apartments. (laughs) So anyway, 13 players over the course of the season are in these individual one person apartments, but they're all in the same building. But they can't talk to each other except through this fake social media app called The Circle. And and most of the people are playing themselves and are being real, but several people are pretending to be somebody they're not, so they are catfish. So that's always kind of fun. And it's a little bit random. Like this season, there are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five catfish, but all the rest of the 13 people are themselves. Yeah. That seems like a lot. It's a lot, but one of them is a special guest catfish. <laughs> Ooh. So, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and spoil something that happens in episode 2. So if you don't want to get any spoilers, you should stop listening right now. But basically most of the people who are on this show are between 20 and there's been people up into their late 50s and stuff, but most of the players are late 20s, early 30s, okay? Mm-hmm. And in episode 2, the top-ranked player at that time, Frank, was allowed to choose one of two potential new players because sometimes people people get blocked, but other people come on. So he had the option of choosing one of two different profiles of the person he wanted to bring on next. And he chose this guy named Jared, who was a 28-year-old children's author. Okay. Except Jared was actually being played by... Emma Bunton and Mel B from the Spice Girls. <gasps> that is so fun. So all through episode two through five, <laughs> they had a special challenge because they couldn't win the money. They were, you know, celebrity ringers. Yeah. So their job was to misdirect who they were. And after a certain point, the rest of the players were told that one of the profiles was being played collectively by two members of the Spice Girls. And if they could not figure out who it was, then $50,000 would be added extra to the pot to make it $150,000. 
If they could not, or they could? If they could not, but they didn't know that. The players didn't know that. Uh. So the Spice Girls knew that the players were not supposed to figure out who they were, but the other players kind of thought they were supposed to figure out who it was. Oh, okay. Tricky. That was very tricky. And it was also very cute because a lot of the players were big Spice Girls fans. And (laughs) some of the players were playing characters who they didn't think should know the Spice Girls. So one guy whose name was John, who's actually 24, was playing his own 56-year-old mother, Carol. And he was like, oh, I know who the Spice Girls are. Would my mom probably would know who they are, but wouldn't care as much as me. <laughs> yeah. So we had to walk this fine line. This other guy, Alex, who's 28, but playing 22-year-old college student Nathan, was like, well, I know who the Spice Girls are, and I like them a lot. But Nathan is maybe too young Mm -hmm. to really appreciate them. So there was like trivia questions and like all this stuff. And so they had to really, you have to answer questions as your character. And this girl Parker, who is 21, playing her own 56-year-old father, Paul, she really stumbled on not the Spice Girl stuff, but like she had a lot of trouble knowing older references. Mm. So she was very much out of her depth playing this older person, even though it was her own dad. But people were very suspicious of Paul early on because he didn't seem like the age he was presenting as, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, it's just really, really cute. That element of it was adorable. And Emma and Mel had to also live in one of the little apartments (laughs) together for several days. And they were so cute. They were like the kind of people who've been working together for a long time and are friends, but they also got really snippy with each other sometimes. (laughs) And it's challenging to be two people playing one profile. right? So they had to collectively agree on the backstory of this Jared guy and everything about him and how they would answer every single message sent to them they had to like agree on it was really stressful (laughs) so yeah i don't know it was just really cute and they're now at the point after episode 12 which i just watched the other day the top uh, i think it's top six players are now going into the final and we'll see at the end of episode 13 which one of them wins the big money so yeah yeah. You know what? Like, you've talked about this before, and it sounds interesting, mm-hmm. but I I haven't picked mm-hmm. it up, but I kind of, I think the Spice Girls might have pushed me over the edge. Okay. <laughs> I think well, I want to The nice thing it. about it, watch the, just this season. Like, it's, a li- the gameplay is a little bit different every season. There's little twists and, and uh, little novel games they play and, and stuff. And I'll tell you that the parts of the show every season that I like the best are, there's like, Little games, little contests, little challenges that are like sometimes artistic in nature. There's little dance parties and stuff and little like rewards that different players or different parts of the team get. Um, I like those a lot more than just watching them do conversations with each other. Yeah. That part can be kind of like, ugh, I don't know, this is a little bit boring. I don't need to see these people <laughs> bond in text for that long. People bonding, gross. <laughs> Well, not it's, it's it's just like, oh, my mom was distant too, or like, oh, oh yeah. your your job is neat. I like your job. You're so nice. <laughs> We're really connecting, and it's like you don't even see the whole conversation, so it's just yeah. kind of little snippets and whatever. So, a lot of the season's players are really fun and relatable. There's a few I don't particularly care for, 
I was definitely not a fan of, I'm definitely not a fan of Parker playing her dad. Mm. Just because she just didn't, isn't doing a good job of it. So Yeah. But this season, a lot of the seasons, the players are very, like, very close friends, almost from the outset. They form alliances. They are loyal to each other. They entertain each other a lot, especially in season one. That was true. This season, there's a little bit more backstabby strategy going on. It doesn't mean that they're not being friends with each other, but there's a couple players who are extremely strategic. And, you know, that has been a little bit more... I don't want to say negative, but, you know, you're trying to win a bunch of money. And so you do have to, like, think not just in terms of loyalty, but in terms of who is a strong enough player that they are a threat to me. And that's why I'm going to block them, even if I told them that they were my best friend, you know? Yeah. So that would be hard. That part is stressful. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It is hard. But yeah, I think just no season connects closely with another season. Sometimes they do. Um, but they explain all that. And so every season is fairly standalone and you can just kind of go in. And if you like the Spice Girls, this would be a really fun season to start with. Yeah, that seems very fun. So yeah, if you had to play one of your parents, who do you think you would oh. do a better job with? <laughs> I would probably, <laughs> probably my mom, because my dad is a computer scientist. And if anybody asked me very mathy or science based questions I would be very out of my depth (laughs) what about you um that is tough I I think I'm more like my dad so that might be a little bit easier in terms of personality but Mm -hmm. uh he also has some really specialized interests that I'm not able to parrot back like ham radio (laughs) oh so if someone asked me about that I'd be like "Mm." (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> so I think I'd probably go with my mom. Okay. Because we like history and like, well, my dad likes books too. I don't know. It would be hard. I think I would just go with yeah. myself. I think I would not be able to catfish anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually sure based on production if they're allowed to always go with themselves. I think they are sometimes nudged to catfish. Yeah. Because the guy playing the slightly younger guy He's struggling because this is just a fake profile. It's a fake character. He doesn't know a real Nathan. He's making the character up, but he's Mm -hmm. got all these photographs of someone who is cast as the fake Nathan. And in one of his pictures, this guy has a golf club and looks like he's playing golf. And Alex doesn't know anything about golf. So somebody asked him some questions about golf and he was like, oh, no. (laughs) So like... (laughs) If you're playing your own parent, you can shape the narrative as needed. But if you're playing like a fake person who's completely made up, but there are photographs that of like a model, basically, that you have to kind of go by, you are really at the whim of making sure that there's nothing in those pictures that would kind of out you, you know, yeah, um, like skills you don't have. So it's, yeah, that would be really challenging. That would be tough. I wonder if when you apply for the show... Mm-hmm. If there's something where you check, like, I want to be, I want to play as myself, or I, I'm willing to play as a catfish or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I do know. I think I read once that the people whose pictures are used for the catfish are other people who would apply to be on. Oh, okay. So, Interesting. Unless you're playing someone you know, like your, yeah. uh, your spouse or your parent or your sister or whatever. Right. So, and people clearly 
people who are catfishing in a purposeful way do seem to have justification for it. So it may be that they said, yes, I want to be a catfish. So I don't know. I don't know if I would ever, would you ever want to be on this show? Uh, probably not. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Would you? I don't know. I think you would be good at it. Really? I don't think so. I I mean, I think I might be good at it, but I don't like the part of being on television. Oh, well, yeah, that's, yeah, that would be my big hang up too. (laughs) Yeah. Although the pro, the big pro for me would be getting like kind of a vacation. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) And actually the apartment building is in London. They don't make that super clear. And there are international versions. This originally started as a British show. And so the, the apartment that they use in the American and the British and even all the international editions are all filmed in this same apartment building in London. So you get to go to London for at least a couple weeks. And you don't have to go to And if you go, go all the way to the end, it's going to be... And you don't have to go to work and you might win 100000 or $150,000 at the end of it. So. Yeah. I could like talk to yeah. people for two hours and read the rest of the time. Like that, that would be fun. <laughs> you could. Apparently, they are allowed to watch Netflix in their some of their downtime, but they're okay. not allowed to have their own. You can't have your phone. You can't have any other internet. You can't okay. talk to people from home. Okay, so that would be that would be hard. Yeah, that would be hard. But like in, I I remember that the first time we talked about this show, it was pre COVID, and I was so like, oh, the isolation. And now I'm like, that part seems easy now. Yeah, if it's only like two or three weeks, that's totally doable. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you do have people to talk to. You've got the producers and you've got your other players to talk to. So exactly, yeah. you're not, it's kind of like what we've been dealing with for the past <laughs> few couple years. Oh, no, you do get to like, there are other rooms in the building that you're allowed to go to. Like there's a hot tub on the roof. There's a gym. There's a yoga room. There are other, so you're not only stuck in your one bedroom apartment. You've got time that you can That's go good. work out and get some air and sunshine and stuff. But uh, so that would be the other thing is like, I wouldn't want to not go outside or only see my little, you know, tiny apartment. And right. you, they have to they have to cook for themselves. They get groceries, mm-hmm. but they have to cook their own food and stuff. So, yeah. But I mean, if you if you have time to do it, it sounds like they've got a lot of time. So they've got a lot of time and they can do their voice, their voice chats while while cooking. Yeah, they've got a setup to be on the the social media platform in every room of their apartment, including the bathroom. So they are always connected if there's an alert that comes up. So if you're in the kitchen, if you're in the living room, if you're in the bedroom, if you're in the bathroom, you've got access to the circle. So nice. You're never alone. (laughs) You're never alone until you go to sleep. But yeah, and it, it has a lot of fun pop music as bumpers and stuff like usually 80s new wave and stuff that's very, you know, bouncy and uplifting and i do think by the end of the show each season all the players have bonded even if they were being a little backbiting and strategic they still are in this very unique experience together and in the last episode of each season they all get to meet each other the finalists and it's always really emotional and really sweet so i don't know it's weirdly heartwarming and i like it so no that's cool yeah it sounds interesting and I've said before that I will give it a shot, but there's so much to watch, but I will actually give it a shot this time. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Well, we both started watching a kind of a totally different kind of show on HBO Max (laughs) called Our Flag Means Death. Yes. So 
I've watched all but the season finale. Okay. Um, and you've just watched the first couple episodes or the first episode and a half or so? Yeah, I haven't quite finished the second episode, but okay. I'm almost there. Okay. You want to give us just a little quick partial rundown of the setup and then I'll kind of continue that. Sure. Yeah. So we open <laughs> on a pirate ship, captained by Steed Bonnet, played by Reese Darby. And I sort of, I really liked the device they use, which is that he's sort of telling his story to a crew member. I think that crew member is Lucius, but you can correct me if I'm wrong, who's the only crew member who can read and write. And he's writing down the story as Steed dictates it. Mm -hmm. And he was a nobleman, I believe, who decided to take up piracy. So he's here on the ship with like this ragtag crew and he is, he knows nothing about piracy. <laughs> he's not into violence or anything like that. He gets nervous when violence is imminent. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, it's about this crew at the beginning. The crew is considering a mutiny against Bonnet because he is not like a typical pirate captain and they haven't really raked in any prizes yet or gone after any big ship or anything like that. But at the same time, he is giving them a weekly pay <laughs> paycheck. So. <laughs> yeah. so I feel like it kind of evens out, but they want to get into more mischief and because he he gets word that crew is mutinous he decides to go after the next big ship they find which is a uh, a big british navy boat ship <laughs> yes and i'm i will hand it off to you now <laughs> <laughs> well that that act kind of leads to something that puts them in a lot more peril as a crew and bonds them a little bit and they have to be a little bit more on the run, a little bit more surreptitious. And over the course of this first season, they encounter the pirate Blackbeard, who's played by Taika Watiti. And that sort of run is, when they encounter Blackbeard, that's kind of the inciting incident of this season that changes everyone's fates and lives. Okay. And it's, overall, in terms of tone, it's a comedy mm -hmm. um, and it's anachronistic. So there is a lot that is like the way people speak and the various accents people use and the references they make are not things or the expressions maybe more so than uh, references are things that are very current today, not the way that pirates would be talking in the early 1700s or whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> And I think that is really a fun device. Um, there's a lot of really interesting guest stars and people who show up in in supporting roles like there's a lot of like people from american and british and australian and new zealand comedy scenes that appear and you're like oh that's fun and so that's the casting is really charming and the relationships between the, the crew members of the primary ship they're just like they're so supportive and it's just like it's like the office at sea basically but with a, lot, <laughs> a lot of like weird you know you're not going to have people in the office, like, go try and rob people or whatever. So Yeah. But you do have sort of an incompetent 
while learning on the job boss. Yes, yes. The boss who really just is doing this basically because he wants friends and adventure, but <laughs> is not good at his job. And the mix of real history and, and fiction is fun. I mean, Steed Bonnet and Blackbeard are real people. Izzy Hands, who is Blackbeard's first mate, is a real person. And Spanish Jackie is a character that Leslie Jones plays later. She was a real person. But, you know, most of the regular crew members are not real people and are, you know, played like they are from the 21st century, basically. So yeah. it's, yeah, if you like things like what we do in the shadows or Flight of the Concords or, you know, things like that, this is from those same folks. And it's all in that similar tone of, of something really outlandish being made mundane and weirdly wholesome, if that makes <laughs> sense, would you? Yeah, it's strange to describe a pirate show as weirdly wholesome, but mm -hmm. it's correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really fun to watch the crew members bond, like you said. Mm -hmm. Samson K.O. as Uluwanda is a big standout for me. Yes. I like him a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like everyone, though. They're interesting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's sort of a found family feel to it, which mm -hmm. is always a good trope. You can't go wrong with that. I, th I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, no. There's also Jim Jimenez, played by Vico Ortiz, who we come quickly to find out is non-binary and had been pretending to be a mute man and uh, has a very interesting backstory that is slowly revealed over time. And Jim's relationship with... Luande is really, really sweet. There is a lot of LGBT representation in this show, which is another thing that critics have been giving it a claim for. And it's normalized and not pathologized at all. And uh, there's a lot of strong, strong characters who are either gay, non-binary, or women. And that is just really cool. You may not have seen quite as much of that in these early episodes, but that mm. comes out more and more as the as the season goes on okay very cool i'm excited for leslie jones to show up <laughs> yes yes she is really really funny she is a female pirate captain who has 19 husbands <laughs> and one of them is fred armison <laughs> so, <laughs> that nice. is really funny <laughs> There's uh, like other other people who show up in small roles. Will Will Arnett, Nick Kroll, Kristen Shaw. Let's see, and some of the other crew members who are interesting. Ewan Brumner plays Nathaniel Buttons, who is the first mate of the Revenge, and he is very creepy. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Well, you haven't seen Blackbeard's crew yet, so I'll kind of. I'll just sort of save that. Nate Faxon or Nat Faxon plays a guy whose name is just the Swede. <laughs> he's very, very strange. And I will say that once you do see Blackbeard, he's kind of like the the scene stealer and like the breakout character and very, very cool. So yeah, it's really fun. I just it like it. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. I will. I promise to finish it. It's nice because it's only half an hour. Yes. And it's, t is it 10 episodes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it has not yet been renewed for season two, but okay. I it's gotten so much critical acclaim and so much fan reception. It's got a ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I can't imagine, I can't imagine that it wouldn't get renewed. Yeah. But I do worry for some reason if maybe it's a little bit more 
you know, niche than I assume. But we'll see. Yeah, we will. I've seen a lot of praise for it, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I feel like we tend to, like my Twitter feed tends to be a lot of people who like the same stuff as I do. So I yes. don't know what the wide, <laughs> widespread. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Everybody similarly on my Twitter and Facebook is is big fans, but that's a self-selecting group. So we'll yeah. see. <laughs> we will see. And we will hope for season two. So next week, next week, we're going to be talking about similarly kind of fun stuff. Um, the latest Marvel movie, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, the series Queens of Mystery and the comedic adventure film, The Lost City. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at KWTaylorWriter. And me at Carrie Gessner. And you can find the show on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. You can also email us at PositivelyPopCulture at gmail.com. You can also find our website at PositivelyPopCulture.com, and from there you can find the link to the merch store. And please, if you're enjoying the show, rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, stay healthy and safe, and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.